Your DWSA's podcast is brought to you by First Nations Fiber. Have you ever been gaming or working online classes and your internet service constantly gets interrupted? First Nations Fiber is about to ensure that just won't happen again. Get ready for high speed at a new level. Click on fnfiber.com and sign up today. First Nations Fiber, empowering people through connectivity. Hello and welcome to The Beating Table with your hosts, Degonhyakwa Standup and Leith Makiwa. Today we are exploring the lull of the summer and how even those of us who are seasoned beaters and passionate about the art sometimes just fall in a lull and it just gets a little stagnant. So Margaret, are you experiencing a lull? I'm experiencing a lull in life. I'm just like tapped out right now <laughs> as I sit here yawning and like wanting to go back to bed. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, the summer is too busy or it's just too whatever. I don't know. I'm not, I don't like being inside during the summer, so I can't get to my beadwork. Like I, we've gone through so much crap in the past two weeks, so I definitely have not had a chance to even really, you know, like where I have a picture frame going right now and it would normally take me like not even a day to do the outlining. It took me two weeks to do the outlining. So yeah, I'm definitely feeling it right now. Yeah. And you? <laughs> oh, no, you can't though. No, I'm all gung-ho. I'm not feeling any lull. Mm -hmm. But the lull will come probably in September which is when the new stuff is supposed to start, like, you mm -hmm. know, the new projects for 2023. I'm not suffering from a beater's lull. I'm suffering from beater's guilt. Just all the guilt of not spending as much time as I think I'm supposed to and feeling judged and feeling just... Absent. Absent from everything, but not really... Like, and I feel that I, I'm not sure. I mean, who can really say? I can't really say. I can't be the, the judge of that because, well, I only know from my perspective. I don't know from like my husband's perspective or even my kid's perspective mm -hmm. on um, how it is affecting them. And I don't, and I don't even want to ask because who wants to open up that <laughs> can of worms? Not me. Not right now. Not when I'm like in the thick of it. I think that I think a lot of people feel that way, regardless of what it is they do. Like, you know, those people who are maybe even um, like, say, like people who do taxes or whatnot, stuff like at that time of the year, even though you try to prepare, everything is always like towards the deadline. Yeah. And so people are taken away from their families or doing whatever things like that. And so I think I don't think my experience is is unique at all. I just think it just really depends on what it is that pulls you away from your I guess, responsibilities, <laughs> yeah. maybe? I don't know. But but I think, too, uh, it depends on family situations and dynamics and stuff like that. Like, if this was me five years ago, ten years ago, then definitely I would have, like, a lot more guilt mm -hmm. to all of it because my kids would, would have been smaller. Right yeah. now, they don't care. They don't want to be around me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, my daughter's going to be 13. My son's just turned 16. Yeah. So they're in a whole different place. Right now, it's my dog. That's the only one. <laughs> Like I sit there, I'm like, leave me alone. Like, did we talk about your dog, Georgia? I don't think we did. No, no. Uh, I just had mentioned that, uh, like, in our rapid fire thing. Oh, but that your was new it. thing. Yeah. So yeah, let, maybe just let the audience know. <laughs> so we're just gonna talk about maybe our lives too, because we don't really talk about ourselves that much. Yeah. Aside from the, I mean, beadwork is about us, but you know, we're just gonna try to talk about our a little personal stuff. Personal. Yeah. So we baggage. have a new. Uh, a new baggage now. I have a new puppy. And I think it's like a midlife crisis now. <laughs> it's my it's my red convertible now. Yeah, I we just got a dog. Uh, we haven't been able to get... I was always afraid with dogs or cats because mm -hmm. my my kids are allergic. We've had ferrets. People know that. <laughs> if, if you follow me on Facebook, you know that I have ferrets. We've had those guys for two years. Loki and Tilly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we just got Georgia. We've had her almost two months now. And it was always up and go, uh, up and down, sorry, because with allergies, we weren't sure. At one point I was heartbroken because I thought like we were going to have to give her up. But uh, it seems like everyone's okay. Like everyone's kind of dealing with little sniffles here and there uh -huh. and everyone's all right. 
But yeah, so it's it's like having a brand new baby. So that's another thing that kind of put a, you know, a stop to some of my beadwork mm-hmm. because we, I really wanted to focus on trying to uh, get her trained and settled and, uh, and the bulk of it is on me. You know, the mm-hmm. kids do help because they're home uh, during the summer and it's the best time for us to have gotten a dog because yeah. we're home. My job obviously is flexible. So trying to get her trained, getting her in and out of the house every day so she's not going to the bathroom in the house. Oh, and yeah. You know, like you, when you have that going on, you don't have time to do anything else. And she so. goes to the store with you, which yeah. is really, yeah. which a lot of people really enjoy because I often hear, because <laughs> I'm upstairs in the office, I often hear people talk about the dog. Yeah. Oh, there's a dog there. <laughs> like they don't know because she's so small, but yeah, it really... Oh, yeah. So and yeah, so she's a Boston Terrier, but she's a brown, a brown uh, colored. And yeah, she's sweet. She's got like a little rat face, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) we call her like the little ugly. She's cute. She's ugly, cute kind of dog. (laughs) But yeah, she's. uh, Would they say that's a face only a mother can love? Yeah. (laughs) And we lie just like to squeeze her real face, (laughs) her little round face. But yeah, that's that's definitely put a you know a lull in a lot of my work too mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just yeah like i said it's having a new baby so that's that with her but what else is going on <laughs> what else is going on well just to let everybody know because this podcast is coming is going to be aired tomorrow mm-hmm. and we were supposed to have a very special guest yeah but unfortunately the guahawi daiba wasn't able to make it today but we will be having her on for the next podcast so we're going to say all the questions that people have asked for her for that when she comes in and we're going to tape that probably before the end of the summer so we want to just say we can't wait to have her on Mm -hmm. and she's an excellent beater and one of the questions that somebody posted from Instagram was, okay, so well, before we get into that, I just want to let you know that the Guahawi Daibo is a Ganyang Gahaga beadwork artist and lady of like... Everything. Everything, painting, restoration, sewing, all kinds of stuff. She's like a whiz in that area. Mm -hmm. So she's going to be on on our next podcast. But one of the questions somebody had... And I'm going to pose it to you, Margaret, and I guess to myself too, mm-hmm. because it's a question maybe that she might not necessarily want to answer <laughs> or feel uncomfortable. Because I think if somebody asked me this question, I'd feel a little bit like uncomfortable just because I don't think we tend to want to draw attention to ourselves, ourselves, but we want to draw attention to our beadwork, but we don't want to really like talk about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So the question was, why is her beadwork so perfect? <laughs> So that's the one question we're going to answer today in terms of what we were hoping to discuss with her today, but we'll save our main meat of the um, interview for when she comes in. So Margaret, why do you think her beadwork is so perfect? Hmm. So this is kind of hard to, <laughs> it's hard to answer because. Oh, for your information, that's one of Margaret's best friends. Yeah, like I, <laughs> we grew up together. I, I went to school with her sister um, all our lives. Like Doug was only a year younger. Um, so, yeah, so I, I became really close with Doug through Amanda. We all kind of grew up together. So she's one of my closest friends. So <laughs> I, the reason it's kind of hard, though, is because like I like we talked about this before. I'm a Zoomer. I zoom in on people's work. I, and you know what? Like me and Doug, like I said, we're very close. But we don't always give all our secrets to each other. Like every beater holds back on stuff. Like I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah. And, and I'm sure there's a lot that she's not like, oh, yeah. He, you know, like uh-huh. you, you always want your work to kind of be distinct in some ways, mm-hmm. you know. So you're not going to be like, OK, let me lay out all my cards to everybody. So with that being said, I still do zoom in and I check out like, <laughs> all right, what is she doing? How did she get it like that? You know, uh-huh. So to answer that question, I don't want to give any secrets away in case there are secrets that maybe they are secrets. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, her work is beautiful, though. It is always clean and well done. You know, she takes pride in what she does. Her work is always like pristine, even though she may not. (laughs) She may not think so. Yeah, some days, you know, I'll stop in or whatever. And she's like, look, it's like I hate it. And I'm like, oh, my God, are you crazy? Like. I'm like, I would buy in a heartbeat, like for thousands of dollars. I don't even care, you know, <laughs> like, but uh, yeah, she, uh, her work is, it's colors, it's uh, layouts, you know, um, 
not too many people know this, I guess, about Dagua. I don't know if I'm letting the cat out of the bag, but she's also a great artist and not just beadwork. Like she can draw, she can paint, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not something that she does, she does really, or often. I do remember as teenagers seeing some of her work before. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so when she draws out her patterns and her stuff, like you could see that in there. It's, mm -hmm. it's like really well proportioned and it, yeah, it's just beautiful. Her work mm -hmm. is really beautiful, so... That contributes to the the perfectness of it all. and <laughs> But yeah, that's some of my answers. And what about you? What do you think? So I just wrote down because, I mean, I well, I wasn't expecting to answer, like to answer mm -hmm. this question, but I said, I just wrote, it jumps off the velvet. Her work like mm -hmm. jumps right off. And yeah. it has a lot to do for me, I think, with her color combinations. Yeah. There's something about like, and I, and I wrote this on our um, our Instagram page about her Colors being so vibrant. Mm -hmm. Like I don't often see her do muted at all, really. It's always, and it's something about the red. She, there's some, there's just something about the aesthetic that is just, it just, it reminds me of if you went or if you, you saw a picture of like a fruit market and mm -hmm. all the colors of the fruit just is, are the vibrant reds and yellows and then blueberries. It's just, it's just something about it. Yeah. And, um, I think that it's just her style. Like I can tell and I can tell that when people, I mean, if imitation is the highest form of flattery, then I can see it. Mm -hmm. I can see people are drawn and are just like inspired by her stuff. Yeah. Because you can see that look other places, but there's something different. Like, I, like there's something that can't be imitated, mm -hmm. you know? So I, that's what I think about. And again, you said like in terms of being clean, it's, yeah, it's just something about it. I don't know. I really like it a lot. And well-made. Like I've had the privilege of being able to examine some of, mm -hmm. you know, like while it's halfway in process, you know, sitting yeah. at the, at her table and kind of looking at it and thinking like, holy shit, like this is like, you know, like if you're buying moccasins from her, you have to know that the quality of that moccasin, like that is not falling apart. That will last you a long time if you're taking care of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's I'm not going to go into everything that yeah, she yeah. does, but it's, you know, there, there's a lot of different techniques and layers mm -hmm. and stuff that's involved with not even just the beadwork, but the whole construction, uh, construction yeah. of, of everything. So, yeah, it's it's uh, really, really well done. Really good. Good job. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something else. Mm -hmm. and, um, I know like even along the way like she's taught me a lot of different things you know like moccasin me like I started elevating my like when I first started I started from a certain concept and then started changing it and finding direction and she helped me a lot like mm -hmm. with uh, different little tips here and there on yeah. how to improve you know the look of it and all that so yeah and I think one of the best things that well, one of the things I like about her is she's so real she's authentic mm -hmm. She is very humble. I think sometimes too humble. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like she, and she just does really quality work. And mm -hmm. I think she just needs to be recognized for that and be like, like praise. Like, you know, like th that's what it's like. We're here to help to raise the bar for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think that if anyone is lucky enough to have her pieces in their collection or is going to be fortunate ever to have pieces in their collection they should be very appreciative because it is stellar yeah so and she so doesn't I'll, do uh, orders very lightly yeah <laughs> so well, that's one of our questions for her for when she comes here so <laughs> yeah so hopefully she's listening to this podcast and is going to get ready to say open the books i'm yeah. opening <laughs> but yeah but she sells out right away there's like remember we had that sale she had she does a certain kind of ring and we'll mm -hmm. talk about it probably in the next podcast but you had had a sale at your house at your um at the store traditions mm -hmm. and there was a lineup outside yeah and we had and of course it was the height of covid so we can only like well two or one people one person wait one or two people in at a time mm -hmm. and yeah, those rings sold. And it was like a frenzy. People were going all crazy outside it for was, it. Yeah, there was like 10, 12, yeah, there was a lot of people outside, but at least 10 people Yeah, waiting to get in to get those, those that that item that she makes. But yeah, so yep. it's awesome. One of the questions we got after last, after our last podcast, which I thought was going to be aired in July, so, but it wasn't, it was aired in June. Mm -hmm. So excuse us for... <laughs> saying her, our date mix-ups our date mix-ups but yeah so um, one of the questions we had was what do you do when you don't like the design a customer came up with 
Do you just bite the bullet and do their design or do you offer a similar design but has your twist on it? And it says, Nyama for your feedback. This is, I guess, from somebody who maybe was taking order. So let's just hypothetically say it's someone taking an order mm-hmm. and this is their dilemma. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that. Okay, so one of the words we like to use is trash, but I'm not going to use it in this sense, <laughs> even though I want to. But let's just say, just for us, let's just like reword the question. What do you do when you think a design, a customer comes up with is trash? <laughs> do you do it anyway? Or do you say something and then just say, sorry, can't do that. I'm doing my own thing. I I don't do it. I won't do it. If I don't like it, I have in the past when I was first beginning to, like with orders and I hated it because it's not what I want it to do. It's not what I, you know, so I no, I don't do that anymore. You have to build a, a confidence at some point and a backbone to say, no, sorry, that's, you know, like I can't do it. Or, you know, like if you, if you want my work, then I can take aspects of what you, what you want, but then it has to be my own, mm-hmm. um, my own thing. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I, I won't, if I don't really love it or, mm-hmm. you know. I, I can't. It's like because then it becomes that horrible job again, sitting there staring at you that like you fight with internally because you don't want to do it because you hate it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I know I'm I'm more vocal now to mm-hmm. say, no, I'm, I won't do it. And you? Mm. <laughs> I know your answer already. <laughs> what do you think my answer is? Hell no. no. <laughs> You'll, you know, the same for you. <laughs> like you're not going to do something that you don't really want to yeah, do. Yeah, and care. I don't think I've ever had... S- somebody say this is the design I want not that I can remember anyway like where somebody said Mm -hmm. this is a flower this is what I see and this is what I want I've had people say obviously like not obviously but I've had more clients often than not say I want this aesthetic I want it to look like this in terms of like the vibe Mm -hmm. but not a vibe based on a design but based on like a color scheme I want it to look regal or elegant or watery yeah. or whatever at least it's like a, a just a, a direction and yeah not a whole like a guide I mean and then like I've had clients who said you know I don't really like that on designs that I've made which is the prerogative when you're doing a custom order right like if I'm yeah. saying here's what I got and do you like it and they say no I'm like okay then well then I got to try harder mm-hmm. to make it so it is because that is part of the the what's that called it's part of the transaction that I've signed up for like, yeah, I'm going to make your custom order, which means that it has to be custom to you mm-hmm. and what you want to. But no, I wouldn't yeah, do like- that. I made the mistake one time and I'll never do it again. And I'm not sure if I ever said it is that I had somebody ask me to fix somebody else's stuff, mm-hmm. not fix, embellish maybe is the word or whatever. And I will never do it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt bad. I felt bad that I wasn't honest is what it is. And only after I did it, did I really like reflect on it and be like, man, that was like, no, like I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want somebody to do that to my work because I would want to know if it wasn't up to par. Yeah. You know, so that's. Yeah. And I look at it too, like, you know, I created something and if now somebody else is tampering with it, like whether or not that person liked it or not like maybe I liked it and now somebody else is adding to it like and I maybe I won't like it as the artist like whatever's being redone Mm -hmm. and my name is attached to that and now somebody else is slapping something else on it so I don't want you know what I mean like that whole thing but you're just reminding me like I did actually have somebody not too long ago within the last few years ask for an order and uh, give extremely specifics and it was a bead beadwork order with pictures of somebody else's work wanting me to replicate it oh. and wanting me to do like an animal. And I hate, like we talked about it before, I hate doing animals, like full on animals. Yeah. So yeah, that in that case, I was like, no, no, I can't do that. So yeah, I've had that, uh, that happen. But yeah, like even just to replicate somebody else's work, I was kind of like, if, if you like it, then ask them like, yeah, you know, why, why would I copy it and redo somebody else's stuff so Mm -hmm. anyways like this for me like this is over a decade ago Mm -hmm. so i obviously wasn't even as confident as i am now Mm -hmm. but yeah it it i don't often think about it because it's not nothing but then when i do it's just like uh, it just makes me feel like yeah kind of like gross But but i think it's important people need to realize that too is like 
a lot of times when there's a situation where somebody is not happy with something or if they don't agree with it, a lot of the times we don't say anything. Like yeah. we just, and, and that's not, uh, to me, that's change can't happen if you don't know that there's a problem. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's, it, I think it's important that you voice it. You don't have to be ridiculous and yeah. crazy, you know, like find a polite way to say, well, no, sorry, I can't do that. Or no, I don't agree with this mm -hmm. or you know, because even that, like some of the people ordering sometimes don't have beating experience or they're not part of like the beating world, I guess you could say. So it's kind of like, yeah, they don't know what their responsibility is in terms yeah. of the consumer. Like how much do I, am I, am I overstepping with the artist if I suggest this or if I say yeah. I don't like that, like, you know, do I have to take it or. Yeah. And it's just yeah. something in general, you know, like uh, you have to let people know the boundary of, of, you know, what you're doing and stuff like that. So I think it's important mm -hmm. to voice that, you know, and make it clear that, well, you know what, like. As a bead worker, I don't replicate and I don't think that's mm -hmm. that's a great idea to do, yeah. you know, so it, it just gives them a heads up, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it's kind of educating people on where other most people would stand, mm -hmm. you know, most people would not want to replicate someone, you know, somebody else's work. So we would hope anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we've talked about copying and all that kind of stuff before. Yeah, that's and, a whole. And I think, I think maybe after after the fall, we can probably talk about, because I'm sure it'll come up again, which kind of goes into another thing that we were talking about before we get the question. So I'm just going to put it out there. There's a certain brand that is, I'm just going to say it because why the hell not? So the Pioneer Woman basically like started to sell beaded earrings three days ago. Three mm -hmm. days ago was posted on the official like brand page. Mm -hmm. And it kind of caused like a little bit of like... It raised like some dust, like, you know, like people mm -hmm. were a little bit offended about it. and Burning some asses. <laughs> yeah. And cultural appropriation was called out, like, you know, on some of the stuff. And some of the things like I saw it through a second party. Mm -hmm. So somebody had seen the post and then reposted it, but they didn't repost it directly from the page. So what I did is this morning, because we had, we were looking for content, right? Yeah. So this is part of the content. And it's like really up to date. So, you know, you can look at it probably. It'll be there because, you know, like we're awesome, but I'm sure not everyone in the world is listening to our podcast, but they will be. <laughs> Mark my words. But anyway, so I checked out her page because I wanted to see like, you know, like what was the feedback? And of course, she is, um, it's a multi-million dollar company, the mm -hmm. brand Pioneer Woman. And we're not in any way saying that everyone should be out there buying these things. We're just using her name because, well, that's who's making the product. And I'm no, I know it's not her because I'm going to say, and this is where the little thing at the end of our podcast says, the remarks are saying is <laughs> that earrings are trash. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to say that because when you look at them, if you decide to do that, they look like that. Yeah. They are made mass productively. You can tell it's nothing, anything that. I would ever, yeah. ever buy, regardless if they even looked like Ungwahue or not. But mm -hmm. this is one of the things. So it was like, so like I said, like the, one of the comments was, is, is this cultural appropriation? Some people who were not Ungwahue had things to say mm -hmm. that uh, didn't understand why somebody would say that. And then some people were rude but some people weren't rude. Some people, when given the opportunity to like hear from another perspective, and there were other Ungwahua women who were on there saying, you know, like this is wrong and mm -hmm. this is like they're stealing, she's stealing our designs. And somebody even wrote, like, what do you expect from a pioneer woman? Not like there's not enough land, wait, not like there's any land left for her to steal. Like mm -hmm. that was one thing. So, I mean, so that's what one person said. And obviously, like the rebuttal to that was more in the favor of the woman because. They were saying like, you know, like that's not fair or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then some people were saying it was cultural appropriation. And then when given the facts were then not necessarily resigned to say, yeah, you're correct, but were more understanding in the response that, yeah, that could possibly be it. Mm -hmm. But this is something that I heard and it triggered me. And this is what, <laughs> and she even used the word in her thing, but so it says, so I'm just going to read some of the quotes and then you can have a discussion about it just because okay. I think it's like pretty interesting. So these quote, these um, comments about these particular beaded earrings, and there's a series of them in the photo. There's like one, two, three. There's like three for sure. You can see up close. And then there's 
yeah, different color schemes. I yeah, think and then there's yeah. some on the other side, but you can't find them on the website. I checked. Mm-hmm. Somebody said you can buy it at a certain bulk store, big box store kind of thing. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say their names, but you can buy them there or somewhere else. I'm not 100% sure where they're sold. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not anymore. Who knows? But so this is some of the things, um, the comments that were made. And that was on the on the post that I said, it said three days ago. So it would be like July 16th. Mm-hmm. So anybody who's out there might want to check it out. So it says side hustle, cultural appropriation. Got it. So that's what somebody said. So mm-hmm. that's one. Somebody said, man, this is so wrong on so many levels. And then this is what somebody wrote. It says it's beat it on, because this is somebody in favor of them. They said beat it on felt, light and super cute. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know who's beating on felt. I mean, I know a long time ago they did beat on felt, like, you know, like Ungohuma women and stuff like that. But but some people think that Pelin is felt. felt. Yeah. So, we'll, yeah. 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 So, we'll see about that one. One person said, now this is in regards to somebody who was saying that this woman was stealing designs and whatnot and then mass producing them. Mm-hmm. The person said, your, so this is person's rebuttal to that I, I'm assuming it's an Ungahua lady who said the first quote, like mm-hmm. the first thing, and then this person is rebuttal. Your answers were your ancestors were screwed because she was directly responding. Because you know how, like, when you can respond to somebody's question, they put their name on there, and then it's like a tag. Yeah, it's a tag. So then she's just she's saying this to this other woman. Your ancestors were screwed. I had nothing to do with that, obviously. And I'm sorry that you are so fragile that the sight of beaded earrings is so triggering. That bitterness mm. is understandable, but it will make your life miserable. To which the lady respond, not bitterness, it's the truth. The truth that this woman was mass producing these earrings mm-hmm. and that from the indigenous people of the land that she lives on. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, uh. Then I was wondering, like, is it triggering? Like, are we fragile? Like I was just, I got like triggered by that just <laughs> and triggered not be like, oh my God, I feel like I'm going into a tailspin, but I'm just like. Well, it invokes some deep thinking there. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, man, your ancestors were screwed. I had nothing to do with that, obviously. Well, we all know that, that you did not perpetuate those things, but. But do you continue it? Do you yeah, like, add to it? Do you have some kind of compassion for, you know, like just the way she's writing it seems like you're still kind of throwing some of it in a bucket there, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I would have to, I don't know. Because that's like everywhere. Because like, that's like (laughs) something that could even be like, and then they're talking about clothing. I mean, I mean, I'm talking, there could be other areas aside from the jewelry part of it mm-hmm. clothing moccasins that kind of stuff like i mean remember we there was a, another company who said that they're all were made in canada or something and then they ended up finding out that they were made in china and they had the beadwork on them and then they do now like a an artist uh, like almost like an artist in residence and different things like that but yeah i just it's it's just interest it's um it's a topic i don't think we really talked about i think we talked about a lot about copying in terms of like other within though like, like artists copying yeah. each other but like cultural appropriation maybe we've talked about it a bit or but yeah it's just something it's just interesting to to hear the perspective of both yeah both worlds yeah and then here's something it says somebody else wrote well the lady who responded the ungahua lady responded with the indian arts and craft act that was put forth in 1990 in the United States. And it says it's, it, it's in regards to people having to truthfully recognize if it is Ungwahunwa people who are making like different things. Mm. So it's a law that prohibits the misrepresentation in the marking of Indian Ungwahunwa arts and crafts in the sense that, you know, if you say it's Ungwahunwa made, there should definitely be like a mark or something that makes it authentic because a misrepresentation of that is cultural appropriation. Well, is basically falsely made and is here fraud. Fraud. And it's against the law because it's a law. This is a law that prohibits that kind of mm-hmm. work. And so um that's just something like, you know, that's um I guess really important. And then and I, I never really maybe looked at it too much because I'd never thought it really affected me, but when you're going to Santa Fe and different things like that and other markets like that, you have to like sign that, yeah, like this is truth. Like it says on the papers, like 
this has to be authentically made and and it mm-hmm. and it does it does refer to this to this law and it says here the law covers indian style i mean sorry indian in the terms of native american first nations whatever you want however you want to yeah. label that i guess aboriginal but that's not really a good one either so it says it covers traditional style contemporary artwork produced after 1934 Jewelry, pottery, baskets, carved stone, woven rugs, kachina dolls, and clothing. And it all must be marked and said that it's made by an Ungwehuma person. And if not, then obviously, like, you know, like you can't be you can't be selling them, I guess, in the United States. I'm sure there's ways around it because you see a lot of things that look like Navajo woven rugs, but aren't necessarily made by Navajo people. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's something interesting and I don't know, like I just wonder like I don't know. Yeah. At first when I saw it, I was just like the beaded earrings anyway. I thought, ah, whatever. But then when you, because I knew yeah. they were trash. Like if you were like, you know, like you go to the, to the other stores that are very marked less and I'm going to say their names, like the l- lowest end of the <laughs> stores have all kinds of lawsuits. and you see beaded things and I don't get offended by those. The purple feathers and green all feathers. All that kind of jazz. <laughs> and maybe that's, I don't know. I don't Maybe eh. it's just, I don't know. Yeah. And that's how I feel too. Like, like this is something that I think is important. It's not that I don't think it is important at all, but I also personally look at certain things like, you know, sometimes I have to pick and choose my battles in a Mm -hmm. sense, what I allow and what I don't allow to disturb my peace. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, they look like trash. They do. They, they're, they're not well made. They're, you know, whatever. Mm So I didn't really get all too crazy over it, but it is important though, because yes, it does open like a whole gateway of stuff, you know, it's tiring. I think that's what it is, is that it's tiring because it's the same argument and same song and dance constantly back and forth with the idea of. But why does it have to be that way? I know it it is. It's annoying. It's annoying more so because it's kind of like really like in this day and age, like we really have to go back over this again. Like mm-hmm. how many bloody times do we have to talk about it and say it? And, you know, and it's like, like that girl's comment, like, oh, well, you know, you're so fragile. Am I really fragile or am I just freaking tired and pissed yeah. off now? You know, it's not about fragility or whatever, you know, like I've had enough, like F off now, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's because Everything that becomes sacred to us or everything that is sacred to us has been taken even down to our l- freaking tiny beaded earrings now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it gets annoying. It gets tiring over and over. So sometimes it's like. Okay, so here's another quote that, that just kind of reminded me of what you just said, like mm-hmm. kind of thing it says. This person is saying, I'm not ignoring the fact that they took your lands from you, from your people. And it was wrong. but can. But can we just steal all your shit? But can but what can be done about that? Isn't it kind of late? Question mark. No, I can't. <laughs> it just like pisses me off. It's Why ignorance. do you feel so entitled? Uh and this is asked. This is a non-native person, like non-Ungwehun person, asking the native person, "Why do you feel so entitled?" And then she writes, "Stop suppressing yourself," which. There, yeah, that's which is something like I do, like you know, like the oppressed become the oppressed. I mean, the oppressed. Become the oppressors, mm-hmm. like stop suppressing yourself in the sense that, you know, like, not that we shouldn't draw attention to these things because I think it are important to, to yeah. some respect and especially like if it, it, it directly affects you or whatnot. But we have to use that to empower rather than. Yeah. Like you said, like there's a fine like bring line us down kind of thing like, yeah. like you were saying. So there is a fine line because we've talked about that like even in Ghanawage often you know something happens and somebody gets into an argument or something and everyone's like ugh they're so entitled you know what? unfortunately there is an air about that sometimes and it's not you know not with everything or whatever mm-hmm. but i guess this is a really loaded question because there is like i don't agree with that statement you know because it's coming from somebody who doesn't there's a lot of ignorance in that. Yeah, for you know, sure. Like Definitely. You, you don't live it. You don't understand. Like, we are entitled to freaking everything, you know, after what we've gone through. Mm-hmm. But internally within ourselves, like, like I said, we have to like, learn. Like, we don't like, need you to tell us. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like learning. I don't even bloody know. It, it, that's like, uh, this is a lot to think of early in the morning. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're taping at core after 10. So. Yeah. yeah. But no, it, there, there is a lot there. This entitlement BS that she's talking about, you know, like, like I just said, we do have entitlement to things, but it's important for us not to get caught up in this idea that everybody owes us something mm -hmm. all the time. You yeah. know, like you have to mm -hmm. empower yourselves mm -hmm. and demand what you deserve, you know, in, in, a, in a healthy way and not just a reactionary way. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of where yeah. I'm trying to get to, if that makes sense. But yeah, like I said, there's layers to unfolding all of that. So I don't know. It, yeah. it, that's a loaded, really loaded statement. And I think like like you said, like or like I said, like you don't really have a say. How can you tell me what I should feel and how what how why do you have the right to determine? Why do you feel entitled to determine what my timeline is done? Like in terms of like how long I should feel bad or not even how long should I how long should I stop? Um, keep acknowledging what happened. Like there's a, I mean, that, that makes no sense. No. And it's That's entitlement because you don't have to think about those yeah, things. Yeah. And you don't have That's to feel it. That's not your worry. That's not your life experience. And you don't have, you don't have, like, you know, like I can't feel, I, I can't do the same thing for somebody else who might say like, you know, let's just put it out there who maybe family was hurt in a very bad way. Like I have no right to say, okay, enough now. Like, uh, you grieved enough or like, you know, you start, just stop bitching, complaining now. Yeah. That, yeah. That's horrendous. Like when you think of it that way, when you turn it around and not being, because I think for a lot of people, the issue, the Ungohua issue, the Indian issue, the native issue is so far beyond anybody's comprehension because yes, we think it's important. And yes, you hear about it sometimes in the news, but there are other things and that are plaguing i think i want to say like and in this case i'm going to say american society because this mm -hmm. is an american issue like a quote-unquote american issue mm -hmm. that they don't see this they don't see us Ungohume people as having a lot a huge stake in what has was ha happening because there are other marginalized people who are who are on the front are on the front pages or on the tv more often than yeah. not a lot of times we don't even exist anymore exactly so, and yeah. And so we have to continue to voice our concerns or not even voice our concerns, just so not advertise, but to acknowledge all the things that we're doing, all the positive things we are doing. And some of the things that happen to us are very negative. So why would we not acknowledge those too? You know, but, but it's like, and it goes back to exactly what we were saying earlier with taking orders, you know, like if things aren't voiced, then yeah. they're not changed, mm -hmm. you know, and that's that's the bottom line of it all, I guess, you know, yeah. so if people are upset with this, you know, they have every right to to voice it because uh -huh. it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, see what else happens from there. And, you know, like I'm going to America in a little while. Like, <laughs> we'll see what happens. If we'll ask America. And I think that's interesting. Like when I, when I was thinking about this, like when I was coming coming here, driving here and thinking like, okay, like here I am getting ready to go to Santa Fe. Should I say like where booth I am going to be at? Yes. I am going to Santa Fe Indian market. I'm going to be in booth P-A-L-S-223. I was thinking, should I say that? I'm like, I'm going to say it. But also what I said to myself, cause I talked to myself, <laughs> I talked to myself in my mind, like everybody else do. does on my way here, just to think about things. Cause like, you know, you're driving alone, whatever. Like I like to see mus to music and I like to just like think about my day or whatnot. And I put it out there to myself that I am going to, even though I don't like to do it, is try to interact more this market than in past markets. Like try to like schmooze, not schmooze, just talk to other artists because I don't really talk to art, uh, other artists. I think not. I think I know I'm very intimidated by it because I think a lot of them have more experience. I I assume this is all mm -hmm. assumption. I assume they all have more experience. Um, in that area, because I think it's, I assume that they have more experience with the selling and all that kind of stuff. And, and because in Santa Fe, they have, um, the art school there. I feel like a lot of them are like artsy, like they, it seems like they already know each other or they're like, you know, like I just feel like a little fish in a big pond, I guess when I'm, I go there. So I, I'm a little bit more intimidated. I think than I really should be. And it really like hinders me from wanting to to talk to people or interact with people. But I don't really like to do that either. Like to 
just talk for talk's sake. But here we are on the darn podcast, just talking for talk's sake, right? Oh, we're in a room. We're in a room. Alone. <laughs> and our producer is, is sitting there. I'm sure she has <laughs> lots to say. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's what I'm going to try to do. Mm-hmm. Not I think. I know that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to like be more outgoing and be more, I don't know. Nice. No. <laughs> be more of like a show artist. Friendly. I mean, be more of a show artist. I'm never not friendly. No, yeah. No one, I don't think anyone has ever been able to see my annoyance unless you know my cues. But yeah, that's what I think I'm going to do. So if you want to come and visit me, if you're in the Santa Fe area, if you're going to Santa Fe, then please pass by the PALS223 booth. That's Leith Monkey Wall. I'm going to be there. I'm going to have my beaded items that are some of them. I have like four done. So that's good. I have like four more left to do. I'm hoping my biggest, my biggest worry is that my flight will be canceled oh my god (laughs) you know you saw like maybe in the beginning of the month there was like a huge amount of baggage at the montreal (laughs) airport i'm not flying to montreal but anyways but i'm worried that one my flight is gonna be canceled because i have to be there Mm -hmm. on wednesday and i fly on tuesday and if my I'm like thinking like I got to have extra money in case I got to drive. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause I am entering in the competition because I think it's a good platform for people to see your work before the actual show opens. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I want to do that. Even though I know that some of my pieces probably aren't as, I don't want to say intricate cause they are, but just in the scale of like, cause be, well, if my B work is, it's not huge. I don't have these big, like one foot pieces. I usually just have a small piece, but I think pieces that are really more, I don't want to say detailed. I don't know what it is. I think for me, like, I know I don't have like a major big project that I, that I did for this, but I do have some really stellar things. So I think um, that'd be good, but yeah. So I'm going to be at the Santa of Indian market. Hopefully everybody can make it. Maybe I'll do some like, you know, lives or whatnot, which I really doubt because I, I'm not really into that. And who wants to talk to their phone, I guess maybe, but anyway, so. That's what I'm doing. Lovely. And you are doing something fun with your family too, you said, before we started our podcast. Uh, this week? Yeah, aren't you, you doing something? Yeah. Aren't you also going to America? I am. We're going to America. No. <laughs> Sounds so dumb. <laughs> so exciting. Uh, yeah, we're taking a vacation. Like I said, like the when we started, I had the... Two weeks from hell, the past yeah. two weeks. And I will do a recap. If you follow me on Facebook, you've probably seen it because I've all of a sudden started like blogging my life. I don't know why. I think it's just a venting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it started off. My son fainted at school. So mm-hmm. that was a scare. We brought him to the children's and thankfully they're amazing at the hospital, you know, in and out and he was seen and whatever. So he was, he was okay. And then followed a few days later, he crashed on a bloody dirt bike and... So I was back to the children's and 18 stitches later, you know, he was, he's doing okay. So now I feel like bubble wrapping him. Um, (laughs) For those who don't know, I have a 16 year old boy. (laughs) He just turned 16. So welcome to sweet 16. He's been in the hospital (laughs) twice within the same week of his birthday. But yeah, so that's how it started. And then it was just like a whirlwind of stuff. We actually went up north, which was great, but it was very fast. Mm -hmm. It was just a last minute thing. We went up with Dagwa and her daughter, uh, myself and my daughter. And it was was so nice just to go. But we were there for literally like 12 hours and I Mm -hmm. flew home. And then my daughter decided, well, she didn't decide. I didn't really read and clarify that there were basketball tryouts. Okay, that's for Indigenous games, right? Indigenous games, yeah. So she, and I didn't realize that she was eligible. So I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't planned, uh, prepared for it. So yeah, so we literally got home. I got gastro for a full night and it was hell, total hell. And then the next day we drove out to Quebec City. <laughs> and then we drove home the very next day. So yeah, it's been like extremely busy, extremely tiring and whatnot. So this week we are doing a family trip. I'm so excited. We're going to Salem actually is where we're going. And we might catch a baseball game in Boston and just going and relaxing. And then we'll be home for a quick few minutes and then we're back to Whitby for my son's lacrosse. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a crazy month really, Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, so I've just been, you know, hoping that everything go smooth for the next week yesterday 
<laughs> I was laughing because I'm like, okay, you know, Sunday night I wrote a post like, oh, I, you know, I hope this is a great week and blah, blah, blah. And then the next day I got stung by bees cutting my grass. <laughs> oh, that's right. The hornets came and got you. Yeah. 830 in the morning. I was like swollen everywhere. And yeah, I was just not having it yesterday. So I literally went to bed. I went home after work. I even closed the store early because I was like, I just can't take this. <laughs> I went home and I went to bed. Mm-hmm. So that's been our week. It's been uh, a little ridiculous, but we, yeah, I can't wait. We're just going to go away and enjoy life and spend some time together. And uh, my sister-in-law is babysitting our fur children. So that's that's always great. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been uh, (laughs) craziness. Oh, I had, uh, there was something I I seen yesterday on, uh, I don't know where, platform, Instagram, I think. So maybe you can... I don't, I, I don't know why I was sitting there telling Greg, I was like, oh my God, this is like giving me anxiety or like driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to mention names because yeah. I, and I, I don't want to bash the lady because uh, she's a beater. She's a brand new beater. She's not Iroquois. Uh, she's not Haudenosaunee. She's, I forget what was written on her uh, okay. bi- biography. I went check because I was like, okay, who the heck is doing this? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> she's. She's a beadwork artist, I do uh-huh. believe. She might be newer. I'm not sure. Like okay. I said, I don't know much about her. Uh, she just follows me. So she, it came up in, in my feed. feed. Yeah. And she was learning how to do raised beadwork. But like I said, she's not Haudenosaunee. So she's just learning. And, and I and I don't know what technique she was trying to do. So, But watching it, I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Like, oh my God, that ain't... Oh, it's a real... Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a video. It was four videos like showing how to do something. But it it, it was interesting because I was just kind of like, hey, this this brought in, I guess, controversy. Okay, here we go. Uh, But like I said, she's not Haudenosaunee. So it's raised beadwork. It's raised Haudenosaunee beadwork, I guess. None of that was made mention in the post. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, not a big deal. But, you know, like I I was kind of like wait, does this bug me? Like I had to sit with this for a little bit because I was watching and I'm like, wait, you're not doing it right. (laughs) You're not even doing it right. And you're doing videos. You're not doing it right. But she is stating that she's just learning. So Mm -hmm. she's, you know, practicing and doing stuff like that. So, but it was interesting, like just to, you know, I've seen that, like, and I think we did talk about this. Yeah, we talked about it because I remember uh, Instagram follower having something to say about that. A question, yeah. Like about, you know, Haudenosaunee, doing raised bead work versus non-Hodonoshoni and all of that. So yeah, yeah. that's what made me think of it last night and all that. And and honestly, I, I really don't give a shit. Like, but the one thing that I think did bug me in the whole video and post, yeah. I didn't mind if the lady was doing it and all of that, but there was no mention of where this style came from. And that's what oh, bugged okay. me. So I, I, I didn't want to start a, like I said, pick your choose pick and choose your battles. So I I was like too tired last night to do anything or say anything like politely, like I wasn't going to be attacking anybody, but I, cause she had a lot of hashtags in her thing and it was like uh, native beadwork, raised beadwork, all of these things. So I wanted to kind of like put a hashtag, like hashtag Odinoshoni raised beadwork, like at least give a credit to the style or what you're doing. So that was the one little uh, jab that I kind of felt and of course, it's not intentional. The lady wasn't doing it intentionally or anything. But so I guess it's kind of like that. Like, you know, I, it'd be interesting to hear what would other people do or how would you feel or what would you say? Like if you observe something like that where there's no mention of it, you know, like we've had this conversation. But yeah. And I was just kind of like, wait, it's a video. Though you're I, I, like you're teaching other people to do it. And if it's not right, are you teaching more people not to do it right? Like, I, you know. <laughs> Anyways, so that was um, from last night. So I have a little bit to say. So I do remember having a comment on our Instagram somewhere about, or somebody had Instagrammed you or whatnot about this exact topic in terms of somebody who is not Haudenosaunee doing Haudenosaunee raised beadwork. And, and I remember the comment being, it's important that the person identifies what it is like, or where gives the acknowledgement of, as to where it to came the, from. To the people, yeah. And I'm not sure if I directly remembered that after the fact, but when I post anything, I am more aware to post something to do with I- Iroquois raised beadwork. So that's a thing now. So that's where my dilemma is. So Iroquois raised beadwork is what I'll post in the hashtag because there's already a hashtag that exists. 
Now, are we saying Hodonoshuni raised beadwork? Are we saying Rodonoshuni raised mm-hmm. beadwork? So that's the thing is like, what is it? And who decides what it's called? Does it really matter what the actual word? Is it Hodonoshuni, Rodonoshuni, Iroquois? As long as it says one of the three and then raised beadwork at the end, does it matter if it even says any of those three first groupings or does it just matter if it says raised beadwork? See, so it's like, cause it's, yeah. cause you don't know, right? So like my face is like twitching right Yeah. Here. So what I did is I think I wrote once raised beadwork and saw, and then I was like, uh, I don't know. Cause remember we had talked about, and it was, and I'm not sure which podcast it was. Cause this is number eight, everybody. This is podcast number eight. But in one of the podcasts we were talking about, it was like 3d, right? Was it that 3D one where we were with a person? It's called embroidery beadwork or 3D oh, beadwork. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like given, it's being uh, renamed almost. Yeah. And then that's one of the, that was one of the concerns from the person who was writing in. Yeah. And I'm just looking through my notes. So if you hear a page is shuffling, it's me. So that's what they had said is that that was one of the things is that you should give oh, acknowledgement yes, I remember. to. Okay. Yeah. You should give acknowledgement to who it is or where inspiration came from or whatnot. Yeah. So that was one thing that I thought of is in, and I am more conscious and aware to do that. But then again, am I doing it right? Am I using the right terminology or whatnot? And I think it's the group of people, like for me, it would be the group of people. Yeah. So then Iroquois is not right. Or see, see, that's, I just write Iroquois yeah. because I don't know why. Cause maybe that's cause I in think the nineties and been. the eighties, that's what we would say. But now we say Haudenosaunee. Then, then for me, it's like, what gets more traction though? Yeah. I, but like I think we're in a transition. Hunters. Yeah. I think there is, there was just something put out with the uh, lacrosse. Um, is it Haudenosaunee now? Yeah. Where it used to be called uh, the Iroquois lacrosse or yeah. something like that. But there was a really good article on it. And um, that's kind of where, even for me now, I'm starting to like, it was eye opening, like, oh, okay. Because of the word Iroquois, it was the where it came from you know Mm -hmm. um and it's almost like a slander it's not uh you know so they're transitioning it out so it there's like a a change there's a movement going so we are i guess until maybe somebody says maybe that's not the right way either Mm -hmm. you know but right now it it, they're trying to move into Haudenosaunee so and then if you're in Ganawage and you say what you're supposed to say is Haudenosaunee because that is in Ganyageha yeah is (laughs) Haudenosaunee yeah so th- then, so then I would say something else because I'm Oneida. Unfortunately, I don't know what it is. How embarrassing is that? But in order to sh- anyway, I mean that's a it whole other identifying <laughs> conundrum and challenge in my being identity, whatever. But I mean, I know who I am, but I just can't speak the language of my own people. But I speak the language of my children's people and husband. But whatever, you know. <laughs> but that's something else. But I think that's a conundrum. Everybody, anybody who moved to a community. That is not their own. And if they choose to learn language, they usually learn the language of the community they're in because, well, that's the language they're speaking, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's at least I know one. So yeah. get off my back. No, <laughs> get up. off my back. At least I know one who language. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh See, God. that's some like juiciness. So anybody else want to talk about that? Go ahead. Yeah. Put us up on Instagram. But yeah, so in terms of that, like um, in terms of identifying, yes, I think it's important. Mm-hmm. If somebody wants to teach somebody else how to do it and not do it right, better for me because I know how to do it in a really good way. So good luck. Uh, That's totally trash talk, but whatever, you know. Yeah. And like I said, it wasn't a big deal. Like the video, it it caught, there was, there was a few of the videos. you have to tell me who it was. Uh, Yeah. And and I don't, yeah. Cause I don't want to bash anybody. Like, or It's not uh, to bash, it's just to see and to like, you know. Yeah. Like I just uh, thought it was interesting because it, it, it kind of like, it stopped me, you know, I was like, okay, wait, 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 let's watch this now. Like, cause I went through a few of them and I was like, I, I just was scrolling. I didn't yeah. stop. I, I wasn't watching. And then finally there was one and I was like, okay, wait, no, I, now I have to watch. Cause just the way, I don't know. But we have to remember that not everybody does raised Seneca, Mohawk, Tuscarora beadwork, raised beadwork, the same. Everybody does it a little bit differently. Because some people put beads underneath the rays. So, I mean, and that's what some people do. Yeah. And that's not necessarily how I was taught here in the Ganyankahaga territory of Ganyankahaga. Yeah. By the well, Ganyankahaga uh, yeah. bead workers here, raised bead workers here. Maybe it is Ganyankahaga. I mean, sometimes I write, I mean, 
I specialize in Ganyagahaga raised beadwork because that's why I specialize, even though I'm not Ganyagahaga, but those are the people who taught me. So, but yeah, so, I mean, we have to be very aware that not everybody does their beadwork the same. Yeah, well, and that's it. But the lady's not Haudenosaunee at all. That's the thing. <clears throat> yeah, she's not at all. But she's Ungahunwe. Yes, she is on her, th- like, I don't want to give too much, because okay, I don't so, want to call her out. Okay, so I just want to say <laughs> that, so that when we refer to Ungwehunwe people, in that is Ganyagaha or Mohawk for like the original people. Mm-hmm. So that's what you would say. And everybody else would use either the slang word Indian, Native American, First Nations, all those other things. So when we say Ungwehunwe, instead of having to use one of those words that is like... We mean Indian. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we mean. So just so you know, when we say Ungwehunwe, so if everyone wants to know a new Ungwehunwe word, Ungwehunwe word, like a new Mohawk word, it's Ungwehunwe. Mm-hmm. That's like for us. So we're going to use that word. So yeah, it's just a lot. It just sits better than saying, yeah, you know, the Indians. Yeah. I think she was like Cree or Ojibwe and it said on her thing, it said Ojibwe slash settler. So that, oh, okay. that that's what she identifies as. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I just kind of looked through the bio and I was like, okay, we were, you know, anyways, like well, I yeah, said, cause I mean, a, a lot of people deal. do that. Like when I was, before I even talked about that pioneer woman thing, I went and checked everything. Yeah. Because uh, somebody said that sh- the potentially the ancestry could be something else. And it wasn't, you know, like I looked yeah. up where she came from and who her family is, who she married into, how many 400s and plus acres of land she owns, her and her family in what was Ngohua territory. So that that was a red flag, but whatever, we're not going there with that one because, you know, <laughs> the small beings will be like coming after us with a hatchet in hand, not like they haven't before. But anyways, and I just said that out loud. <laughs> but you know, on the plains, what happens in the plains will be remembered for for lifetimes. So, but yeah, so yeah. But um, that was interesting. That was a really interesting conversation for for two people who came in here with virtually with no nothing, content, no content, <laughs> no special guest, no nothing. Yeah. Did yeah. we have a couple of last minute questions that we had there? And yes. Yeah, so there were a few questions, and maybe we'll just do the rapid fire. All right. And then we will wrap it up just because it should be interesting. And then I can just get new rapid fire questions for the Guajawi Daibo. So the first question was black velvet or blue velvet? Black. Me too, black. What is your go-to lazy dinner? Ordering out. I don't know what though. Anything. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, mine too. But sometimes it's even lazy to do that. Sometimes I'm like noodle soup. If I have, if I'm lucky and the kids didn't eat at lunch, I'll say just eat like ramen. Yeah. Or cereal or whatever. (laughs) Uh, What scares you? Mm, death like losing like my family like okay. my mother my children greg like people close to me What's, it's gonna happen one yeah. day but it's scary i think what scares for me is being unprepared like sometimes i drive over the bridge and i'm like what would happen if something <laughs> happened right now what would i do yeah that like you know yeah. it's my own mind so it probably yeah. my own mind scares me um yeah oh yeah uh what is the first thing you notice about someone's beadwork um, if the lines are not, I, I have a whole crazy mind with symmetry. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's not really the symmetry, but if like you're doing a rope stitch and it's not straight, I see it right away. Yeah. Or a flat line. I, my, and I'm not looking for it. It just happens. I just see it like, oh, there's a beat off. Mm, I don't know what I see. I see everything that I see in my own. I see all the things that I look for in my own beadwork. Like if I see like a thread in my own, like I see that in somebody else's. I see a straight line that has a buckle when it's folded over, mm-hmm. like when it's like yeah, yeah, crinkle, like it gets a crinkle. I had that happen to me last week, and I had to take it all off and start again because I had some crinkles in my line, and I'm like, I can't have that. So yeah, mm-hmm. this is interesting. On a scale of one to ten, where do you rate your beadwork? I don't know. I have different ratings for different days. <laughs> sometimes it's trash, and sometimes it's a ten. I don't know. Yeah, I think I want to say safe, and I'm going to say eight. People are going to say you're playing it safe, but yeah, I'm going to say eight. Yeah. Not a consistent eight, but more often than not. Yeah. I was going to say a seven, like okay. maybe an, uh, you know, like on an average day. If, yeah. Unless it's a project that I love, then I'll say, yeah. It's a- and then I could have an eight looking thing and on there have like something that looks like a five, you know, like, but the whole overall, like I can try to, un- I can try to ignore that. And other people will say, oh, it's great. But you know, you, yeah. s- you know your own kind of thing. How many days do you wear the same pants in a row? 
Well, it depends. Like I could go maybe two days, like jeans or something like uh-huh. that. Like I won't wear them two days in a row though. I'll like fold them and put them back away. Okay. Maybe two. Yeah, two. I, I, don't I could do I... three, but I wouldn't wear them three days in a row. I would have a day where they just hung somewhere just or yeah. were lying yeah. somewhere. Unless I'm eating and I get shit all over them, then no. <laughs> I have dug out a pair of pants out of the laundry hamper oh, even last we've week. We've all done that. Last week I did that for something. I can't I'm like, just throw it in the dryer. It's all good. <laughs> do you fold your laundry right away or you let it sit? I let it sit for years. No, I, I don't. Mine. That's my my biggest thing. I'm I'm... I have to tell this quick story, even yes. though it's a, so I'm friends with, sorry, I'm calling you out, Trisha Goodleaf and Arlie. And, we, you know, we always joke, like, because I am a minimalist and, and I'm a neat freak uh, yeah. in a sense, you know. When it comes to laundry, I'm not. Like, we don't, that's my, uh, I don't know what the hell it is, but it, it's, we don't get to it. I just, uh-huh. I hate it. So it was so funny because Arlie was always like, oh my God, you know, like you're such a neat freak. And she's like, you shattered my whole image of like this beautiful, clean house. And she's like, and then you got a dirty, like, you know, laundry room. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I know I hate it. I don't do it. <laughs> yeah. We do it when we, when we end up needing to, which is ridiculous. So. So I normally just sit on it, but I don't, my washer is broken. Oh God. And so I take my stuff to my, either my sister-in-law's, thank you very much, or Jukwido, my brothers and my sister-in-law was Sue. So usually I'll just let it sit, but because I have to put the stuff in the dryer, I just do the wash at their houses and I bring the wet stuff back to my house to dry. I have like now like. Piles and piles. Not piles, but I mean, luckily my sister-in-law lives close to me, so I can just put a load in and then put a new load in and it's not very far. It's just a stone's throw away pretty much. Mm -hmm. But in order to make the dryer free, I have to take the laundry out and well, then I'm just going to have tens of loads there just sitting there. So I have fold them, but the last load is always still in the dryer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mine is sitting there. I think there's even a wet load right now. Oh my goodness. We'll get to it though, but... (laughs) So I think we agreed on this one, but I'll, I'll just say it anyway. What is the best non-curse word, one word insult? Trash. Trash. I think trash. We, we've been doing that for like for the summer. We've been talking yeah. a lot about trash. <laughs> um, is your bed made right now? No. I think mine is, but my husband was the last one out of bed, so I don't know. <laughs> and do you have a bucket list? No. I think I used to have one, but I don't have one now. No, I have anxiety. <laughs> you have an anxiety? So how does that reflect... How does that reflect on a bucket list? I'm afraid to bloody do everything and anything. I just push myself to do stuff. And if I do it or I don't do it, I don't give a shit. I don't Uh care. So I guess you have to have a mindset that you want to do something to have a bucket list. And I just don't really care. If I do it, I do it. If I don't, I don't. Really? Interesting. Yeah. It was funny because my daughter and I were just talking about it and she was all excited about because our our last trip, we went to Hawaii and all that. And she was like... She's like, you know, I can talk about like, I can actually say I surfed in Hawaii. And I was like, yeah, like, you know, that would be a bucket list thing. Like to say, like, I've Mm -hmm. gone to Hawaii and surf, you know, so I was like, yeah, you know, but to say I would make a bucket list and be like, oh my God, I have to jump out of a plane. No, I don't care. Like, I'm not that adventurous. And if I do it, I, I wouldn't do it and I don't Mm -hmm. care. (laughs) So no, Hmm. I don't have one. We'll have to add that to our upcoming notebook series or journal series for the our beadwork journal project we're going to start in September, October. Oh, I already started mine. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Did you photocopy, did you print off some of your things? Yeah, that's as far as it went though right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I printed out, I think there's about six, maybe six inspirational images mm-hmm. in there. That eventually I'll get to probably next year. Um, trying to. So we'll have a bucket list for that. Oh, maybe that's like, I guess you know, that's like, like a, bucket have, list. Like a yeah, bucket list in a different type of way. A beadwork bucket list. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Um, they're just inspiration pictures. It's just random stuff right now. And there's nothing really with it yet. Um, I did want to put in like a past thing, like my daughter's was mm-hmm. some recent. So I've been wanting to print out a picture of her stuff, put the little like color swatch that my daughter had yep. found to go with it and... I even wanted to like cut little pieces of the material that yeah. I use and put those in. It's almost like a scrapbook almost. Yeah. But I want to put the dates and all of that, you know. So, yeah, I just haven't done it yet. But. It reminds me because uh, maybe about, it must be almost 20 years now because I remember 
some of the quilts. I was doing quilts. I did one for one of my friends, Sandra Cross. I did one for my cousin, Don. I did one for somebody else. I can't remember who exactly. But I, And I think I did one for my son too, or did I? I don't know. I did a few. And I had this book and it was a notebook, like the typical black, like, you know, uh, what do you call that? Like composition book, I guess, kind mm-hmm. of thing. But there was no lines. It was just, I think it just white pages. And I did that. I had drawn out the copy, drawn out the rough sketch of the quilt I was going to make. And then I had ta- I had stapled the fabric. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I still have that book. It'd be interesting to use that book as my B book. And just to see. But I was laughing because I'm in a... In, okay, so I'm going to just say all my dirty laundry. I'm in a... Mohawk class slash research research group. And one of the things is you're supposed to like write down every time you're like learning and whatnot. And unfortunately, I got to fix this. Is that whenever I have a journal, I'm like, yeah, awesome. Write everything down the first day. And then I forgot to, then I don't write anything else. Yeah. And that's one of the things of the project. So now I'm like, oh man, I'm already, I mean, I'm, I'm doing the work. I'm just not writing in the book. So mm-hmm. maybe that's one of my bucket list thing is... <laughs> <laughs> damn journal maybe we should journal every day anyway that's the side thing anyway yeah but yeah so uh yeah so that's i think that's the end of the podcast what do you think yeah we'll wrap it around wrap it on up thinking as it's like kind of late now but we're over an hour so i would just like to say now everybody thank you for listening to our podcast the beating table we hope you have a great whatever time is coming up in your life while you're listening to this uh hang in there if you're in a beating lull if you're hitting the the beads and the needle hard because you're trying (laughs) to get stuff done then more power to you and we will see you again here at the beating table um, with dougwa next time yeah for episode number nine have a great day everybody oh no the views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of your and its employees